This morning, if you have your uh, Bible, you might want to turn and just look at a passage we'll use for uh, the the backdrop, and that is uh, Matthew chapter 15 and verse 13. In that passage, Jesus said, Every plant that my heavenly Father has not planted shall be rooted up. You know, years ago, 2,000 years ago, before Jesus left this earth, he said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to build my church, and the gates of Hades will not prevail against me doing that. And, and he promised that in Matthew chapter 16, and sure enough, he kept his word. We read in Acts chapter 2 how that uh, the Holy Spirit fell upon the apostles on the day of Pentecost, and they spoke in tongues, and, and they preached to those who were present, even those who had crucified the Son of God. And they cried out, men and brethren, what shall we do? And he said, repent and be baptized, and they were, and the Lord added them to the church. So Jesus, even though he knew that he was going to die, death wouldn't keep him from fulfilling his accomplished or his purpose. And the importance of the church, I think, is seen really clearly in the book of Ephesians, which is a book that is about the importance of the church. In Ephesians 2 and verse 16, we're told that we have reconciliation to God in the church. And man, that's what we need. We're sinners. We've, we've broken fellowship with God, but it's in the church that we get reconciled back to Him. In Ephesians chapter 4, or excuse me, in Ephesians chapter 5, as he describes the church as the bride of Christ, he makes mention that Jesus is the Savior of the body. Uh, the church. And uh, so, you know, there, there is no promise that we know that the Bible teaches that there are some who will be saved and some who will be lost in the day of judgment. And there's no promise that the Lord is going to save anyone today outside of his church. The church is the called out. We've been called out of this world and set apart for God's purpose. And he set us apart to be reconciled to God, to be given back to God, and and to be given heaven someday. So the church is important, and I want to be a part of the church because it's that body of people that will be reconciled to God. But the religious landscape today is nothing like what Jesus intended. He didn't intend for you to go to a community and, and have 15, 20 30 different kinds of churches from which to choose. I'm not talking about, you know, we because of size, we've gotten so big, we have to have a congregation here, and we'll go down the street and have a congregation there so that we can accommodate the people. I'm talking about places that wear different names, teach different doctrines, hold different beliefs, and practice different things. And the reason we're in separate buildings is because of those reasons. We, we can't get along. We don't agree. And so uh, that's not what Jesus had in mind at all. But that's the nature of the l- religious landscape today. So a person wanting to be a part of that body of Christ, the church of Jesus Christ, so that they can someday be reconciled to God and be presented to him as a bride for her groom. We are left with the decision, which one? How do I know which one is, where should I go? How do I pick a church? How do I, and really 
going to church has often become very comparable to going to the grocery store. And we shop. You know, we have all these items to select from. We have all these churches from which to choose. And and oftentimes the selection is made about the way you make selection going to a grocery store. Um, there are some questions that need to be asked when you're looking for a church. And I hope that they point you, as we ask these questions, I hope that they point you and serve to point you in a right direction. But let's begin by asking, uh, let's look at some questions, begin by looking at some questions that are often asked when a person's looking for a church, and really they shouldn't be. I mean, they're, they're so trivial. They really are not, and they miss the point of what Christianity is all about. But these are the criteria that some people use. Let's see, I'm thinking about going to church. Do they, got a, do they have a gym there? I, I want to go to a church that has a big gymnasium where we can get together after work and hang out and, and play some ball. Or are they in a... Are they in a church softball league? You know, I know churches and I know guys that go to church at a certain time every year and they stay with that church for a certain period of time every year and then they, they don't, they're not seen again until next year. It's that time when they have to be there to play on their softball team. You know, we, we have a softball league and they require that you go to church from this time to this time. And so, so I go to church because I want to be on that softball team. And, and so that's why they pick a church so they can play softball. Do they have an early service? I, I want to go to a church that has an early service. You know, when the Titans came to, to Tennessee, to Nashville, I held a meeting, uh, in, in Tennessee, uh, just in the Nashville area shortly after the built stadium was built and all that stuff went on and, and uh, there were a host of churches in that area that started an early service. And, and so I asked the, one of the preachers there, I asked, uh, what's with all the early services here? Everybody has an early service. And he said, well, there's a whole lot of football fans. And, and we learned that if we weren't going to have an early service, they were going to go to church somewhere else so they could get out of church in time to get to the Titans game. So that I want to go to a church that has an early service so I can get to the ball game or get to the lake or get to, you know, whatever. I, I want to get this done and over with so I can have the rest of the day to myself. That's one of the reasons. Do they, do they have a daycare? You know, I, I work may, and I need somebody to take care of my kids for a while. And, and if I'm a member of that church, maybe I can get a deal, cut you know, a cut rate on the kids and have them taken care of and that plays into some decisions that people make. And what about the size? You know, are they a big church, small church? Uh, I, I want to be in a big church so I can kind of get lost in, in, in the people and not have everybody coming to me and, and expectations placed upon me. If I get in too small of a church, then people, you know, I can't just blend in. And, uh, you know, there are all kinds of things. These are some of the questions that people ask when they're trying to figure out, where am I going to go to church? I'm just saying that really misses the point. These aren't the questions that should be of utmost importance to us. Uh, importance to us. Important to us. Um, it, 
here are some better questions. And these are questions that probably are asked. And if you ask somebody, uh, what should you look for in a church? I'm sure these will make the list. But then after we go through these, I, I want to add three more that probably makes not very, many's li- not very many people's list. But they're, I think, maybe among the most crucial questions, and yet we never ask them. So let's look at the ones that are expected, that, that are good questions that should be asked, and, and that is this. How do you all view the Bible? 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17 says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God, and it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished, Unto every good work. Here's what that passage says. The Bible, it's the word of God. It's God breathed. It's inspired. And, and that inspired word can make us complete. It thoroughly furnishes us unto everything that we need to do in order to be pleasing to God. So you know what that tells me? That tells me, I, I want to know if you believe the Bible is really the Word of God. I want to know if you believe the Bible is sufficient as the Word of God. Do you have to have more revelation than the Bible? Do you have to have creeds of men to, that, that contain ordinances and doctrines that I have to follow that I won't read about in the Bible? I want to be at a place that respects the place of the Bible. I, I want to be at a place that respects that the Bible is, is inspired. It, it's not just wise, good advice, but it is the Word of God. And if it's the Word of God, then it has to be true. It has to be inerrant. You can't have a Bible with mistakes. If, if there's a Bible with mistakes, then who gets to decide which verses are the mistaken verses and which ones are the right ones? If, if the Bible isn't inerrant, then who gets to pick for us? And how would we ever know? I, I want to be a part of a church that respects the authority of Scripture and says it is the inerrant Word of God, and it is sufficient in making me be pleasing and acceptable to, to my Father. There are churches that don't believe that. There are churches that uh, have extra material. There are churches that say that the Bible is um, doctrinally true, but historically there are some mistakes and errors or geographically and so forth. Um, It's all or nothing. I I want a place that upholds the Bible. I want to know also if I'm going to pick a church, I want to ask this, do do you all teach and practice the truth? Truth matters. The Bible tells us in 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 15 that the the truth or the church is the pillar and the ground of truth it, it is the support of truth it, what upholds the truth what supports the truth it should be the church and a church that doesn't uphold truth 
A church that will compromise truth because of culture or because of political correctness or because of heat brought to bear and censorship brought to bear on them by by maybe outsiders, even people inside who, you know, if you don't do this, we won't give on Sunday. Churches that are moved by things like that, that's not where you need to be. I want to be in a church and I want to know, does this church teach and practice the truth? And they don't go hand in hand all the time. I remember uh, a, a church where I, I once preached. There was a, a church down the street, and they, they taught, and on their website you could read, and they said, baptism in the New Testament was by immersion. And that's what we believe, and that's what we teach. But if you come to us having never been immersed, we will accept all other forms, modes, of baptism. So here's what they're saying. This is what the Bible teaches, but we're not willing to uphold it. We'll compromise if it means that you can come and, and be a part of us. I, I want a church that not only teaches the truth, but practices the truth. James 1 and verse 22 says, we're to be doers of the word and not just hearers. So I want a church that views the Bible as the inspired Word of God. I want a church that teaches and practices the truth. And, and well, I want a church that is evangelistic. I mean, isn't that what we call the Great Commission? It's, it's the Jesus, before he left, said, Church, this is what I want you to do, disciples. I want you to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, and he that believeth not shall be condemned. Heaven and hell, hang on this. Go preach. Baptize those who believe. Because salvation and condemnation rest on their obedience to this command. I want to be a part of a church that looks beyond the walls of this building. If all we do is let's make ourselves comfortable, let's have ourselves a good... Listen, we're all kind of alike. We all feel about the same way about a lot of things. And so let's just have a little clubhouse here. And let's spend our money making ourselves comfortable and happy and enjoying things and having a good time. I'm not against any one of those things. But I am if it means we stop or we lose our outward focus on preaching the gospel to people who are lost and headed for hell if they don't learn the truth. So, fundamentally, those are questions I'm sure a lot of people would ask. Where do you stand on the Bible? Do you practice the truth? And are you reaching out to the lost? I think nearly everybody hits those. But I want to share with you, and we'll bring it to a close after these three but I want to share with you three questions that you should ask in selecting a church that probably not very many people ask, and yet I think they should be asked. If I were looking for a church, I would want to know this. What is there that I can do in this church? Is there a way that I can help? You see, that's not typically what people ask. What people typically ask is, what can you do for me? How can you help my family? How can you minister to me? How can you help us raise our kids? How can you help me find a, a niche? 
how can you put me in a group of people that have similar needs and similar experiences? How can you help me? And if you can't, I'll look elsewhere. I'm just simply saying, and I'm not against having your needs met, and I'm not against making sure that your children are prepared and, and, and adequately taken care of and, and you're assisted in raising them and, and teaching them about Jesus. I, I'm not against any of that. But when we fail to ask, is there a way that I can help you? If I came there, can you plug me in or am I just going to be a bystander? Can you find something for me to do where I can contribute to the good of the church or am I just going to get lost? You see, I think that's important, but very seldom asked. Romans chapter 12 tells us that in the body of Christ there are many parts, many functions. We're a body and a body is comprised of many members and those members don't all have the same duties but they have duties. I I want to find a church where I can serve, where I can be of help. You know what? One of the things about this congregation, I I know of people I could name to you right now that are here, and they're here because there were places where they said, this is what we want to do, and we can do it here. There's service to be done here, and we can fill those roles, and that's why they're here. I think that's noble. What can I do? How can I help? What, what was it? Kennedy, who said, ask not what your country can do for you, but ask what you can do for your country. That's what we're talking about. It's all right to have our needs met. I'm not against having our needs met and, and, and helping us, but, but where is the question and where is the focus? What can I contribute to help others? Here's a second question that is seldom asked, but I think should be. Will the leaders in this church discipline me and hold me accountable? I wouldn't go to a church that wouldn't do it. I would not be a part of a church that had leaders that would not hold me accountable. I want to know up front that the leaders of this church are going to hold me and hold my family and help me go to heaven. I want them to be shepherds for my soul. I want them, if they see me getting off track or headed in the wrong direction, I want them to call me on it. I want them to gently nudge me back in line. I want them to correct my children when my children get out of line. I want them to steer me in a way that leads to heaven. And I want them, when I begin to let distance come between me and God, I want them to call me back and to encourage me and to say, where have you been? What's going on in your life? I've noticed this. We're concerned about you. We're praying for you. But how many people ask that question? I mean, what more impo- what is church about? Church is about getting to heaven. In Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 17, we're told to obey those that have the rule over you, for they look out or they watch out for our souls as those who must give accounts. I want to be at a church where the leadership takes that seriously. You see, I want to go to heaven. And if I get out of line... I want someone to love me enough at church to guide me back 
so that I don't miss out on heaven. There are times in all of our lives when we're stronger and there are times when we're weaker. And in those times when we're weak, I want someone there for me to discipline me and to hold me accountable because I don't want to miss out on heaven. And here's the third and final point for you this morning. If I were to be searching for a church, I would say, you know what, I I want a church, and I want to find out, will this church require me to sacrifice? Not a lot of people ask that question either. They, they want to know, what's, what, where can I go and contribute the least and, and be in good standing? I, I want to know, where can I go that's going to challenge me? It's going to call upon me to to expend my resources, my, my time and my energy and even, yeah, my, my money. I, I want to be challenged. I want to be called to sacrifice. Do you remember in the Old Testament in 2 Samuel chapter 24 and verse 24, David had sinned and he wanted to offer God a sacrifice. And, and wow, there's a guy there and he says, wow, you're the king and you want to sacrifice. Here, just take what's mine. I'm so honored for you to use my threshing floor as a place to sacrifice to God. Here, I'll provide it all. And David says, nothing doing. No, you're not going to give me the sacrifice. Shall I offer to God that which costs me nothing? I want to sacrifice and make this offering to God. And shall we worship God and be a part of a church that costs me nothing? Shall we offer sacrifice to God that costs us nothing? Is there not spiritual discipline and and strength that comes by being called on to, to, you know, kick it up a notch? Hey, listen, we need your help. We need your time. We need your strength. We need your resources. To be able to do that makes me stronger as a person. It challenges me. It makes me feel like I'm doing something. I want to be a part of a church where I'm needed and where I'm challenged to give and to give of myself because that's what the Lord delights in. A Lord, the Lord delights in uh, sacrifice. Have we sacrificed? So, you know, those those are just... Those are three things or a few things that people often ask when they shop for a church that are so trivial that they amount to nothing. And yet that's where a lot of people are. Those are the kind of questions they ask. But, you know, the questions that should be asked about the Bible, about truth, uh, you know, those are important. And most people ask those. But beyond that, there are questions that maybe we don't ask that we should is there a place for me to contribute? Will you call upon me to sacrifice, to discipline myself? Will you hold me accountable? Will you discipline me when I get out of line? Those are things that we ought to be looking for in a church. Listen, so much rides on finding the right church. A church that is what God intends for it to be. The called out of the world that will someday be reconciled to God. 
I hope that as you have searched, and maybe some here today are, are searching for a church home, that these are the things that you're looking for. Not just the trivial things, but the things that really matter. And I also hope that we are the answer to the prayers of those who are saying, Lord, help me find a place where I can be and I can get closer to you and closer ultimately to heaven. I believe that you'll find that here, the opportunities. I believe you'll find that this church is one that holds a high view of Scripture and it's one that practices and not just simply preaches the truth but practices it. I believe that you'll find that this church is one that is evangelistic. We're not just centered about ourselves. There is edification that takes place, but listen, we're about preaching the lo- uh, preaching the gospel to the lost. And I think that you'll find in this church there's a place for you to serve. There's so many things that take place on so many levels, so many activities. There, there's something for you. I believe you'll be held accountable here. You have leaders here that uh, care for your soul and look after you and pray for you and meet, well, weekly and discuss your welfare. I believe you also find that this is a church that calls upon you to sacrifice, to, to sometimes step up and above and to exercise your spiritual muscles and grow and develop in your love for the Lord. If you're church, searching for a church home, I hope that we're part of the answer to that search. But um, these are just some thoughts that uh, as we begin the new year, I I want you to think about and and keep our focus on the right things. I've heard too often people find reasons that are unbecoming and beneath, uh, well, the dignity of Jesus. Uh, in their search for what is what, what they're looking for in life. And we need to get back to what, what does God want? What does he want for me and how do I accomplish that? If you're not a part of the church that Jesus built, I, I hope you'll get a part of it. Again, the, the importance and the reason we even talk about this today is because the Bible says that Jesus will reconcile his church to God someday. There's no promise that he'll reconcile people out of the church. It's essential to be a part of his church. And and he told us how to do it. Acts 2.38, again, repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And it says that they that gladly received that word were baptized. And that day, 3,000 souls were added to the church. If you do the same thing today, the same thing will happen as what happened then. They repented, they were baptized, they were added to the church. And if you haven't yet repented of your sins and been baptized into Christ, that's what you need to do. And the Lord will today continue to add you to his church. If you need to respond to the invitation this morning, we'll assist you in that. And if you are a member of the church but unfaithful and you haven't been holding up your end of the agreement, we'll pray with you that you'd be stronger and more faithful in the future. Won't you come as we stand together and sing?